Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. All right, we've had 24 hours to sort of <laughs> bring it down, relax, and exhale. Yeah. I know I have. I hope everybody on the panel has. I'm cool as the other side yeah. of the pillow, guys. We haven't heard from Mike yet, so we're going to get decided his I decided to do thoughts. all, like, my podcast this morning. Yeah. I'll be taking people inside the, the, the room a little bit. I actually recorded it last night. Which I, <gasps> oh, okay. I usually do it in the morning, but but I had a, two doctors appointments. It's still your thoughts. It's still I mean, my thoughts. So I did it last night. Not much changed last night. But I spent uh, uh, about 24 of the 30 minutes on the Guardians, baby. Good. Good for you. I hope there's a Good lot of you. people that watch it yeah. because it's all Guardians. Stuff. I did a little Browns at the I end. I mean, here we go again. We're going to dive into the, to the, to the, to the Browns the and, yeah. and, and leave the Guardians on the side of the road, unfortunately. We'll We're going to talk about them later in the show. We will get to Later. They they're starting what is I think everybody would agree the biggest series of the year. Huge. For them. They're at Chicago. It's just don't get Chicago swept. has you can argue that Good Chicago advice. has favorable pitch up pitching matchups for the series. I think they do. Definitely today. Definitely today. I and think I think game two is, a, is pretty close. Two is close, but I three still is edge guardians. Edge. Yeah, because it's, it, it's Shane Bieber. But tonight is a huge edge for the White Sox. Yeah, it is big. Yeah. I don't expect to win tonight. We'll talk about that later yeah. in the program. Just but don't get swept. Uh, a, little bit, a little bit, a little bit of business to take care of before we dive into our bronze talk. Leroy Horde is going to join us. He hasn't gotten his chance to yeah. vent about yesterday's game. How do was, we know he's not going to be really upbeat and positive? Well, I was it. texting with Leroy during the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's out. Yeah. Now, you know, guys, I saw a lot of good moves there. Really, I He mean, might be positive now, but um, mm. during during the meltdown, uh-huh. uh, we had some interesting text exchange. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll save that for Leroy. Aditi's going to join us. She, of course, was on the sidelines. She might be able to give us player insight. What in the world was going on on that sideline during that Minute 55 yep. of nuclear meltdown. And then we're starting something new. We've had Jen Matthews on the show. She's the daughter of Clay Matthews. Mm-hmm. She's going to start a new segment. It's not going to be weekly. It's going to be bi- or every other week. I'm sorry, uh, bi-monthly. It's Browns trivia. And it's going to be centered around games from the past between the Steelers, this week's opponent, and the Browns. Ooh, yeah. okay. So that'll be a lot of fun. We're going to test our collective Browns-Steelers yeah. We're going to team up to get, see if we can get the Yeah, answers. we're going to just give her one answer collectively. Yeah, so we have to. These questions are very difficult. So Mikey said these are probably going to be big swings and misses yeah, okay. for us. Jason went one and four. You know what? I, I, G. Bush is out neck issue. Yeah, he's having some neck pain. If, if, nothing against you, Brad. G. Bush is a savant. When it comes to when that I stuff, talk yeah. to that guy about games, from, he, he'll tell yeah, you in right. 2007. His, his memory. Play sequences yeah, in memory. Downs. He remembers yeah. everything yeah. with yeah. the Browns. Yeah. Whereas really I was at that He's Browns big game, and I don't remember any of it. Yeah. Just so you know. So good luck, guys. Oh, yeah. I hope to yeah. help out this team a lot. Oh, we're drinking. Yeah. <laughs> well, that helps. That affects the memory, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, in Thank the meantime, it, what we've done so far through the first two games is we focus. On the first day of the new week, first of all, our Monday is our reaction to the game. Then on Tuesday, we always say how the Browns offense will match up against the opponent's defense. And this week, obviously, the Steelers defense is without their motor. T.J. Watt is out with the pec tear. It looks like he's going to miss perhaps six weeks. He's going to try to make a go of it after he sits and rests. But we heard from DeQuell Jackson last week who had two pec tears. Mm The first time he, the first play he came back from six weeks of rest after his initial pec tear, he completely tore it off the bone. Mm. Right. Very difficult injury yeah. to play through. Yeah. You know, TJ Watt at times has seemed superhuman. We'll see what he can do. Uh, but we know that he's not going to be on the field Thursday night, which is, I think is a huge advantage for the Cleveland Browns because he is the hub to their universe when it comes to defense. Uh, before we do that, though, because you weren't here yesterday, Mike. Sure. Um, I want to hear your thoughts in the nutshell on what we witnessed on on Sunday. Sure. Many are calling it one of the worst. Jim Donovan said last night uh, on his recap show that it was the worst loss mm-hmm. that he's witnessed. By the way, Shep, before you go, go real quick, because Jim yeah. Donovan deserves a shout-out. Oh, he, he was great yesterday. That 90-second rant he did on yeah. the Miles Garrett comments, one of the best things I've heard. If you missed it, go back. Still and trending it this out. morning. It was fantastic. Yeah. Jim hit a home run. First of all, one. Jim's the best. Yep. Period. And I'm he, not he saying that because it. I worked I with him. I've said that long before I ever knew Jim Donovan. Yeah. He's the best at his craft, both play by play and as a local sports guy. You want to talk about? A, he nailed. You want to talk about like a savant about stuff? Watching oh. him after the game. Yeah. 
speak just off the top of his head and remember each play throughout the every quarter. And he, it's, I know that he's been doing a long time, obviously. Well, my, and then to deliver it with insight throughout and do that like for like a five-minute post-game thing, and I'm just in awe of that. He'll go really, back to games played in 2007. Yep. Yeah. And say, this reminds me of the Patriots game in 07. Right, and, right, right. And yeah. you're just like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Total it's encyclopedia. Yeah, well, he's got, another one, he's got another one to remember from uh, now to reference back to in years to come. <laughs> is he and right? be like, this is, is like that game. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it was terrible. I was there. Actually, I had a great Cleveland sports experience this, this weekend. Perfect dichotomy. I was at the 15-inning Guardians game, and I stayed through the whole thing. Look at you. Yeah, I know. So that was well, a late done. night on Steph Saturday. Steph told me about that yesterday. Let me tell you, the end of that game, first of all, they never stopped selling beer, which I thought was questionable, but I appreciated it. They did. <laughs> you know how normally in the seventh they inning, they're just like, yeah. but I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was a loophole. I don't know if they just said, you know what, we're not going to do this to these people. But they never shut it down and for through 15 innings. And let me tell you, about 1 o'clock in the morning, the people who were willing to stay for a 15 How many inning, were left? Um, it was very sparse, but it looked like it looked like a Greyhound station at 2 a.m. <laughs> it really did. It, it was because like, they were selling they were beer, just, and there were just people looking around, just like, "Anyone want to fight or make that's love?" Funny. That's what everybody looked like. <laughs> they were thinking. That's funny. At that point, so but I went to that. So I'm glad you stayed. But we, oh yeah, um, we so we had that experience. We got to, got to watch one of the one of Cleveland's teams uh, dig down deep and refuse to lose. And then the next day, we got to go and see a team just refuse to win. What a dichotomy. I mean, that was a hell of a weekend, I'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. And we're, it was something else. So I, I actually sent this out. We left after the, they went up their second score. Oh, and you I'm left? Just, yes, we left. Wait, we, you stayed 15 innings at a baseball game, yes. but left with two minutes. We left were up two game. touchdowns, and I didn't want to walk in amongst that cattle, and I was still very hungover. So I wanted to get out. I, when was the last time you guys walked out among the commoners oh, on the way out I've of done the game? It. It's awful. And it's yeah. it doesn't. It's not any better when it's 90 degrees among and everybody's been dr- everybody's been drinking. It is slightly uh, better though after a win. Yeah. Of course. So oh, you're thinking it's a win, but I yeah. still want to get to my car in a win without. Yeah. And everybody's been hammered. They're all you know. Everybody's it, it was gross. So I want to get out. Yeah. So we're getting out, and I'm we're we're leaving. Take a picture. The picture is of me holding up two because we just won our second two in a row. Oh, I'm, no. so it's me going like, yeah. Now it's a peace sign. Yeah. Obviously, moving yeah, forward, sure. that's what it'll be known as. So I'm just like, uh, and then so we didn't post that. I didn't post it until later, you know. But then um, we're walking back to the station where I parked at, and on the way out, it's just all, there's still a crowd of people. All the dads trying to get out a little early, like me, and yeah. it's like upbeat. And then you feel the vibe change. It was like in a zombie movie where the virus starts spreading around a crowd of people, oh, yeah, and everybody's yeah. just like, yeah. "Oh my!" Hey, they're like, "Hey, they just scored." It was like, "Oh, just our luck." <laughs> and at first, it's kind of funny. Then he's like, "No, no, this is." Oh, there it is. There you go, everybody. Uh, so that's us. So that's the with the knowledge. That's no. That is thinking that we just won two. Oh, we just won it. our second okay, game in a row. Okay. That's right when we walked out of the building. Okay. Oh, so, anyways, then everybody realizes it, and I swear, I, I, I'm telling you guys, I've been through so many of these that I was just like, uh, I'm on my way out, and I'm just like, huh. Well, that is an interesting way to lose a football game. <laughs> I, I am. I got nothing left. I got nothing left. I, like I, as far oh as like being God. furious about these things, I've just been through too many of them. I laughed. Yeah, at the end I of the did. game, I literally audibly laughed for about twenty seconds. But I'm, and I'm glad that I'm not somebody who's like a, 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 like just really killing myself over this anymore. I remember those feelings, and I just don't have that kind of evil in me anymore. I spit it all out. Oof. But it was. Uh, I'm, I'm. I'm glad I was there. I really am. I. It was a. It was like a really illust- illustrative weekend uh, from a Cleveland sports perspective. And um, but we're gonna bounce back. I'm being a positive Browns fan. Kings of the North. We're the top of the division, you guys. Top of the division. We still Congrats. are. Number one. That's I what mean, I'm saying. We still are. Technically, no. I think the Steelers at the moment have the tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. All right. Fair. Let's kill. I know. Just got to do that. Don't they you? Have, they've won a division game. They won game. a division game. <laughs> but, but we're, we have, we're in know, the wild card hunt. But you control your destiny. One. Browns still control their own destiny. If they win, they're in first place. That's yeah. right. And that's, they are. that's all that matters. That's it. All right, Mike. I'm glad you shared that. Sure. It was it was in, in typical Mike Polk fashion. Yes. It was humorous. Yes. While making you want to cry all at the same time. Yes, that's yep. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I bring to the table. Well, <laughs> that's a that's a skill, and you do it as well as anybody I know. All right, Browns offense. Bull, yeah. you dive in first. Um, much of what we saw against yeah. the Jets, heavy dose of run. How are they? Yeah, I mean, how do they attack? You know, the first thing I want to say is, well, I don't think the Steelers are a very good football team. But then again, I didn't think the Jets were a very good football team. I still don't think the Jets are a very good football team. And the Browns, as you said, found a way to lose. Uh, I do think, you know, normally I would say you want to throw the ball against the Steelers because I think their secondary outside of Minka Fitzpatrick stinks. Right. They don't have any corners that are standout players. They really have nobody or not much in their back seven that stand out besides Minka Fitzpatrick. However, the... Even though Jacoby Brissett had a good game last week, this team still needs to run to win win games yeah. right now. 
That's how they play, and that's their strength, and they have to stick with it. The Steelers have been a tough team to run on. I don't, I, I don't believe they're as tough now. Um, they, they haven't played great. You know, the bank, here's the thing, too. The Patriots have some issues on their offensive line. The Bengals have four new starters on the offensive line. Yeah. I think I underrated how much time that was going to take for them to come around, and the Steelers took advantage of that. The Browns don't have that problem. The Browns' offensive line has been stellar in the first two games. They have had no problem run blocking. They've had no problem pass blocking. There's been great protection. I think the Steelers will struggle to get pressure, and if they don't get pressure, the Steelers thrive on pressure. When they don't get pressure, I don't think man-to-man, they're that good defensively, and so I think the Browns can be balanced, but ultimately, even though the Steelers traditionally are good against the run, I am same game plan for me. It yeah, worked last week. I'm with you. Keep running the rock with, with Chubb and Hunt And when as you do throw it, distribute it. You yes. know, get it around equally. I thought they, they, they got a Joku involved early. Right. Then he became the invisible man. And then it was man. Cooper and nothing else. DPJ. Yeah. On the side of a milk carton. Anthony Schwartz. I don't know. David Bell, one catch. Yeah. Got rocked. Right. And, and that was it. I mean, outside of Omari Cooper, the passing game really was pretty non-existent. No, I, I, in fact, in our... In our uh, our bet, not best bets, our uh, prop bets yeah. that, that Mikey sent us, I kind of have a feeling it is going to be they're going to look for more balance. I My guess is nobody has a huge game in the yeah. passing game and that a bunch of guys this week kind of are in the middle and that Nick Chubb has the big game again this week. Do you agree with all that, Mike? I do, except I do think that we're kind of – it's a tricky situation because I agree. What you say there is we have to uh, stick to the run, rely on the run. That's how we've gotten here. Mm-hmm. And then we're like – but I'd like to see Njoku get more involved. I'd like to see Harrison Bryant get a couple of touches. I'd like to see him spread it out to Donovan Peoples-Jones more. I do feel like we have we have to make some choices, obviously, and I think you're right to lean into the run. I think next week it'll just be a, probably lopsided in a different way. Maybe Amari Cooper doesn't get as many hits. I think there will always be somebody that he uses in that way and gets comfortable with throughout the game. And then a bunch of people are going to get lost, and that just happens in most of these games. I do love that we're taking Pittsburgh on at this point. You, you said yourself, can Cincinnati have seven sacks on him? That's yeah. insane. Yeah. And then th- last week they had zero. I mean, that, that tells you something, but they yeah. s- still got Cam Hayward. They still got – and you still have to worry about, obviously, Mick Fitzpatrick has uh, interception in each game. So, if, But that's – he has a harder time when they can't get pressure on the quarterback, Right. Obviously. When they don't get pressure, they're not that good. Without T.J. Watt, yes. they are, to me, just an average defense. But we always have the Browns-Steelers factor. You, again, we can look at all There's these numbers no doubt. that we break down every single week, and it, it, we saw what it came down to at the end of that game for the Browns game is all those numbers at the end of the day went off the, uh, went off the page. And it became about which team got kept their act together and, yeah. and figured out how to win the game. And in a Thursday night matchup on a short week between the Browns after they're coming off of that, anything goes. And I don't know how it's going to work out. And to your point, like last week, it shouldn't have been about this because the Jets have no culture or right. coaching success either, just like the Browns. Yep. But the Steelers, at least they have culture and coaching success. They do. Yeah. They have that to hang their hats on. Well, and they're not afraid to come in here and pull, pull out no. a victory. They've done it many times. What did you see, Mr. Mayor? Well, thank you. So let, let, let me jump in here, right? Because first of all, this is not Oprah, right? You go and co- you get a car, you get a car. You, it's not that. The Browns offense is predicated on one thing, running the ball and running hard, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care that this – here, Cam Hayward can play, right? Mm-hmm. He can straight out play, right? And they're going to be here to meet the challenge because Cleveland and Pittsburgh, that's what they do, right? But we don't run away from what happens typically with us sometimes. Our bread and butter, if somebody starts stopping, we go to something else. Well, we're not built like that. You're going to keep running it. And then I tell you what, when we spread the ball around, I see you have to keep Amari Cooper involved. I see him with a high number of targets. You do. I, I do because he's your best receiver, right? And then, but I, but you do have to sprinkle in DPJ. He has to be involved. Right. And, uh, and Juco has to be involved, right? We cannot be forgetting it. And I think set, uh, He had a bad drop Sunday. Sunday, mm-hmm. what yeah. happens is, though, they try to overcompensate for the first game because they didn't find Amari jo- uh, uh, Cooper. So they forced it. To so they forced, kept forcing to Amari yeah. Cooper, forced it to Amari Cooper, and he was making the catches. But you then you you limit everything else. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think they forced it to him. I mean, he had ten targets, caught nine passes. No, so no, they were all those, good. Though, but, a lot of those he was covered. But the, but I mean, the he pro- ran right. great problems to get a little separation. They yeah. went out their way to find Cooper, which right? they should because right. he's their best. Yeah, but pass yeah, but they're making up for the first week where they didn't see him, right? And so what I will yeah. tell you is. With with uh, 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 the Browns, the way they set up here, Brissett, he seems to lock in on certain things and he can't break off of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna need you to spread it around here. And the other thing is, I tell you, and I, and I like Stefanski, right? I, I give him 
make some jokes by calling him Little Einstein. <laughs> but listen, don't overthink this. Many a coach has done it. <coughs> you have Hunt and Chubb, right? Hunt and Chubb. Just keep Hunt and Chubb. Just keep doing that, pounding, 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 sprinkling everybody else. But it's Hunt and Chubb. Yeah. But I tell you what, I don't want to see again. This is this. Do not leave Hunt on the sideline for like he was missing in action. Right. 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 You have two people. Use them at the same time. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. he went. It, they used it so like they still ran the ball well. But I agree, there was wait. There were like I, there was like three series in a row they didn't use yeah. uh, Kareem Hunt right. at all. And they never used them together that I remember. Right, I don't, I don't think they did. If the they field. did, it was maybe one or two plays. Yeah, and we, I, yeah but and none of us remember it. No, I, you did it a bunch of times. It worked. Why would it not work against the Jets? Yeah, I, I don't. Why would you not head. do it at all? And I don't understand. Thing I say this bull is this. Here's the story. We're just trying to survive. We're trying to survive eleven games. Right. Yeah. I don't care how we do it, right? I don't maybe it's unconventional that we use them at the same. I don't care, right? <laughs> but what we cannot do is come back after the 11 game and be under 500. We cannot. The season's over. We cannot if, do if, that. If, if Watson comes back and they're 5 and 6. And I, and I'm I don't real, see how they climb I'm out of that. I'm going to be really hole. ticked here, right? Because here cuz you know you guys talk about you're over. I'm still not over, right? I hate bad losses. They stick with you. And they should stick with you uh in your soul if you're a player. And what I did not like yesterday was this. It didn't seem to stick with anybody in their soul. Yeah. They tried, well, I like uh, what Joel Batonio said. Jo- Joel Batonio basically, I thought, was the voice of the fans when he said, you know, look, no, no we di- got booed, but yeah. as badly as the fans are hurting right yeah. now, we're hurting more. No no disrespect to Joel Batonio, right? But you need your lead dogs be the ones. Yeah, well, well, as we said yesterday, who the hell are they? Yeah. Well, he is the lead dog in that offensive no, line at this when it comes, point. Well, on the line, when, he is, when it for comes, sure. When it comes to winning games, yeah. making plays on the stretch. Right, sure. There's got to be other guys. steps up, I, I'm we glad he tries. I'm glad he tries. Yeah. Rally what, the blind, the one-eyed man. No, you're right. I, I, would, I would say that'd be fine for them to rally around it him made me. Team. It made me think about my own playing days, right? I remember we played a game against Milwaukee, and I'm inbounding the ball in the final seconds against Milwaukee, and I throw the ball away, right? So Terry Cummings steals the ball on my inbound pass, and I get in the locker room. Doug Collins jumps all over me. Did it cost you the game? And yeah, it cost us the game. Okay. And he said, "You threw a soft pass," and I was like, "I did not throw a soft pass. I didn't do it. Stop lying. I didn't do that." And then I had because I was just defending for myself because right. I knew what had happened. So you were defensive, mm-hmm. right? Was yeah, it very, a soft pass? Very much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I didn't see him coming. Sometimes in the moment, that's hard to see, hear. I didn't see him coming, right? Yeah. And Terry stepped right in and took it, right? So when Denzel was talking about, ah, it wasn't me. Yes, it was. <laughs> right. You see the tape? Yeah. yeah. It's right. okay. I want you to say, my bad. Next time, it won't be me. Well, so yesterday, we didn't hear from Miles Garrett. And here's something that I'm really going to be looking for today. Because um, yesterday, they had limited availability to players. They, they had some Zoom opportunities. Today, the reporters will get to go into the locker room. And it'll be open locker room. I'm, I'm curious. You know, Miles took it hard yesterday from the fans. Jim Donovan, I thought, was the yeah. absolute perfect tone. It was measured. It was well thought out. Right. But it was right on the money. I'm curious today to see if he stands in front of the microphones and reels that back a little bit. Yeah, well, they got somebody's got to ask him about it. Oh, it'll be the first up, question he's asked. Right, I mean, he's mm-hmm. got, you it, know. It, it better be. It better be. <laughs> I mean, sometimes we Sometimes ask, they let you down. No, I know, but the, yeah. this better be the first question he's asked. Yes. Miles, you've, had, you've had more than 24 hours now. Or at that point, it won't. It, yeah, it'll, right. it'll be almost 48 hours. Yeah. To 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 think about your post game comments. Right. Obviously, players say things in the heat of the moment. Sometimes sure. it's unfair that 10 minutes after the game, there's a hot mic in your face. Right. Yeah. The fans didn't like what you said. Right. Do you still feel that way? And I hope he I hope he pulls it back. And I'll say I'll say this, you know, and I I give some deference because they're young, right? I say it all, and, and people. People say, "Why, why are you being so soft?" I'm not being soft. I'm, they're young. They don't. They don't know. And Miles, who is is new to Cleveland, basically not anymore. But I'm just saying here the history of what. If you've been here like us, right? There's some history here. Right? Yeah, I, you can't right. dispute. You can't dispute. But five that. years but is, I, a, is I, but that's I, a long time. But, to... but, but I'll say this: just stay with me on Jay. Denzel is different. Denzel's from here. Yeah, that's true. He's mm-hmm. seen it, right? Good point. He's he's he. If you grew up a football fan, you know he had to see it. Yep. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I don't expect you to be on this other rant over here, like ah, it wasn't me. Yes, it right. was mm-hmm. because the people just wanted you to know, right? You def- <laughs> you had to understand. You deflated a country of Browns fans, not just the yeah. Cleveland fans. Yep. It was across the country. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because we're always defending this place. We were the butt of the joke again. We, yep. We right back here again. He's right. right? And we're as far right as back here again, like as far as Miles Garrett's concerned, he's like we were in the playoffs two years ago. Before that, we were kind of bad. He's like last year was a rough year for him. He's like we haven't been that bad. He wasn't here for those. This is right. No. He wasn't here for those. That doesn't 38. mean anything to but him. War, no, right. Yeah. right. But you're right. He Ward was. He saw, at least saw that from the. He saw the fan experience. So he can't sure. claim that same. You could be a Cleveland fan or Ohio State Buckeye and not know what it means to be a Buckeye or a Brown. In this he time. might not you have been a Browns you fan, but but, but, you, but, but you're aware of it. But he was aware of it. And not be unaware of this. He heard the frustration. <laughs> right. He saw and everything. if he wasn't a Browns fan, that may have been why he wasn't. Right. Right. And well, you know what? And the thing is, Jim, and we've talked about what Jim said yesterday, and he made the point of saying that players kind of want this one-sided relationship with the fans. Like, the fans have to laud them with praise all the time and cannot complain about anything. And that's how the players, that's how the players, I think, act quite often when it comes to fans and with media. Like, you could, I, I've said this before, I could say a hundred good things about a player on Twitter or on the air. Mm -hmm. You say one bad thing and I'm a piece of crap. Yeah, yeah that's the way it doesn't it was, matter. And, yeah. I, and I know I'm harsher than most and sometimes I go but, too far. I, I, but, but, that, but still, like, if I'm, like, I, I've said, a million good things about Miles Garrett. Yesterday, I criticized him on Twitter. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he, I don't even know if he knows who I am. Well, I do know he knows who I am. But the point, I'm not trying to say I'm some big shot or anything. I'm just saying, like, he might get pissed <laughs> about that when I've lauded him 100, 500 times. Yeah. You know, so well, you've got to that, take the good that, And that the was bad. Jim's point. Yeah, if exactly. Let's see what James, Jim said. He yeah. basically said, you want to be in a one-way relationship right. where you get all the adulation, right. and you get all the cheers, and you get all the love. And you don't want anything to do with the right. criticism and the booze. And this is a package deal. Right. You know, that, that's how it goes, especially here in Cleveland. That's why I do think that Miles is a smart enough guy and thoughtful enough. to. Ha he's reflected on those comments for the last 48 hours. Yeah. yeah. He's heard them over and over yeah. again in his head. I think in his heart he knows, even if he believes them. That's what I say. Yeah. He has to know. He needed to keep that in I here. I think he will. How about not just in his heart, yeah. just from a PR standpoint? Right. I think even right. if he's like, still in my heart, I believe that I'm, I'm in the right here and I shouldn't have been booed. But just from a, I'm getting my ass kicked on Twitter right now for this. Yeah. And they care about that stuff. Some, and he might be like, I will make this statement just to make this be quiet. Yeah. Some, yeah you're sometimes right. when you're young, you don't know just to hold it in. Right. And to your point on, on, on see, I would tell you this. Hell, ain't nobody been booed more than me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that, right? <laughs> I didn't caught the good side and the bad side. Mm -hmm. And the heat you catch in this town is nothing like the heat in Chicago. I mean, it's real heat, heat. Yeah. I mean, it's deep down heat. Come to get your family heat, right? right. That's the kind of heat you're getting, <laughs> right? And so yeah. you got to stand there and, and, and survive. And some of the some of the people to the to the, 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 the athletic side, to the athlete side, I'm going to tell you this. Some people out here that bull are jerks. They're just jerks. Yeah. The people are writing, talking. <laughs> they're just jerks, yes. right? Now, if you got something con constructive to say, I hear you out. But when I'm 24, 23, oh, right. I can't yeah. hear you at all no, because I'm thinking that you just you just against me from the right. beginning. Especially right, right. when you're a, a professional athlete, good enough to become a professional athlete, which means you've only been receiving praise throughout your you've entire life. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah. You know, especially nowadays, everybody's yeah. shooting your ass. The other thing, if you yeah. care about your craft, mm -hmm. you don't want to be criticized in your craft, right? right? Because it says you weren't good today. What you mean I wasn't good today? Right. I care about this crap. No, you wasn't uh, good today. Mike, I know you want us to get back to the Steelers. We all agree. I mean, the, the way you attack this Steeler defense, because yeah. I, I, I didn't weigh in yet. Uh, the other guys did. I, I'm with you. You go to the playbook folder, mm -hmm. and you open up the rings to the three-ring binder, and you pull out the game plan against the Jets, and then you go back to the game plan against the Panthers, and the one page that said, we're going to use – Hunt and Chubb on the field at the same time. Yeah. You add that to, right. the, to the playbook and, go. and you put it in under the Steelers game plan. Right. You close the binder, you give it to the players, and you say, Don't overthink it. We're going to do this well because we've done it all well already. Let me ask you. Uh, Tomorrow is going to be the discussion on the defense. Because uh, tomorrow we'll yeah. dive into how right. the Browns' defense right. should play against the Steelers' offense. That's where it's going to be an interesting conversation because one thing we never mentioned yesterday. Yeah. If the Browns can't figure out how to communicate at home, wait oh, until they're on the road. road in a hostile crowd and they can't hear each other. Mm -hmm. And wait until they're on the road. I know this is a while down the road. You think the crowd's going to be hostile now. Wait till Deshaun Watson's playing. Well, let me, well, let me, let me go to because that, that brings me up this thing. I'm thinking about the infrastructure. There was a time management problem in that game. 
Yes. Is that going to get addressed here between now and third? Because well, I tell you, Stefanski yeah. owned that yesterday in his in his comments with the media. But why? He did. He owned it. Why does he? Why is that his job? Shouldn't he have someone doing it's that? It's the for person him? in well, the second. Well, whatever. Chair, that's that person, their job. fine. But that ultimately he's responsible. And yes, he, he's, I'm not. Yes. Right, he's not. The, right. head, the head guy going to take the fall. <laughs> right. Right. Huh? right. He's he, not going to come say uh, Joe Schmo, my number two no, here. No, no. But I'm saying fall, the, infra- you know. the building infrastructure should be in place. I'm sure that is there. There was a breakdown, and there was a breakdown. You know what though? To that point about the infrastructure and there was a breakdown here's what I here's my question when the head coach is the offensive coordinator that's another problem he's got two oars in the in the water yes, he does mm-hmm. he's and, and he can't do he can't focus just on one that's right if he were the CEO yes right. and had a 30,000 feet view uh-huh. as the CEO while the offensive coordinator was putting all of his brain power into what do we want to do here? yes Stefanski can do exactly like we were doing at home Look yes. at the clock. and say yeah okay they need 10 yards for a first down, 12 for a touchdown. Yeah. There's a two-yard zone there where if we go down there, the math is going to – the game is it's over. over. And even before that, how Kareem Hunt's running out of bounds. Oh, that was well, the yeah, first I time mean, that was yeah. inexplicable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is this – the, the second really, time, it was hard. It would have been very hard. He was fighting to get the first down. True. He got pushed out of bounds. It would have been impossible for him to but stay in But the first time, he could the have The first easily. time was totally yeah. on him. Yes. And that, that goes back to my point. He's calling the plays, and he's also got the yes. view from 30,000 feet above. Has now, yes, gen- Alex Van Pelt, as the offensive coordinator, could have said, yo, Kev, yeah, yeah. Um, yo. <laughs> you might want to think about something right. here. Yep. If but we Alex go down, Van Pelt is still doing – he's not doing head coach duties. He's doing offensive coordinator duties. So is the head and coach. And so they don't have really the head coach doing head coach duties. And Thank that's you. the problem. It's Thank being you. split. And yeah. is he yeah. so scared of just giving, handing, saying this is the game plan, handing it over to him essentially? Does he think he's going to lose – he's going to – like yeah. Alex Van Pelt's no, going to say, he, he that's has, not what we're running, coach. Mike, right. he has, he's he the has, head coach. He, Mike, right. he, hasn't, he hasn't made the transition because, uh, you know, in my other job, I'm here. I can't do everything. Right. right. Although I know I can do a lot, I said, but if I try to do everything, something's going to get diminished. Yeah. Yes, I of course. have to yeah. trust you yeah. and you and you, you delegate. to do it. I have to. Yeah. Right? Good. And he, he has not learned no. to Good do it. You're right. You know, to, to, to his defense, he his background was offense, obviously. Right. And it's understandable that he would think, I'm the smartest offensive man in the room here. Mm-hmm. But now that we've had two years and two games of a body of work to look at it. Let's face it. He's been, this offense is dripping with weapons. Mm-hmm. It is. Dripping with weapons. Last year and too. you go back to last year when OBJ and, <laughs> and Jarvis. Well, for his, for two seasons yes. here. Now I, I give you that he had a lot of injuries along the way in COVID. Sure. But at what point has anyone in this room said, this guy's the next Andy Reid? Mm, no. No, I mean, there were flashes of it in that 2020 season. And that's hard. We don't often say that with young coaches or, you know, it was McVay and, you know, and and, and he, but, but, but you're right. I mean, there's never been like the first year we were like, this guy's doing a really good job. He's smart, but we weren't blown away by his offensive prowess and creativity. And 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 it's gone downhill since. Because there were some that were. Yeah. But then 2021 just knocked that shine off real quick. And it's continued this year. And we we were all excited about week one because they were creative with using the two backs for the first time. We were all calling for it. And then it disappears in week two, which was really disappointing. Well, let me tell you, it's it's awful hard running the company and being the worker too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. You cannot yeah. do both. Yeah. You Smart people <laughs> hire good people and trust them to do their right, job. Right. Yeah. That's it. Alex Van Pelt is an experienced NFL coordinator. Absolutely. He could absolutely handle that job. And, and I just think it goes to, to guys. I think it goes to the fact that this team has a general lack of awareness. Right? Like, you can't coach awareness. Like, as, a, as a franchise or the rostered players I, or what? I what think, ba- well, as a franchise, but yeah. certainly on the field, coaching staff and players, like, in terms of like the breakdowns defensively, right. in terms of the clock management that we saw, yeah. in terms of running out of bounds, in terms of somebody not knowing that, hey, Nick Chubb's got to take the knee. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't have to be Nick Chubb. It should be somebody on so, the coaching staff. So if you're sitting there as the, as the head coach doing only head coaching duties, right, it comes down to this. Do I trust you, Alex Van Pelt? To yes, win this thing? and there's no reason right. he shouldn't. So I trust you. Joe Wilson, I trust you because yeah. I'm doing head coaching jobs. Right. I'm like, I'm going to you when when I see the defensive exactly. breakdown. Joe, 
And as, and as Mike said, he's still the head coach. If, yes. if, if Alex Van Pelt if you calls a play he that can. he doesn't like, right. he can overrule it. He's not going to be like, oh, shuck. So, well, and, lost and, that right. battle. I'm the head coach. There's a reason that the, there is a structure and a hierarchy in the NFL that, mm. that the flow chart yeah. everywhere yes. is offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach. The head coach isn't calling the defensive plays and right. he's not calling the offensive plays. And there's a reason. I for mean, that. they are in a lot in some cases, <coughs> and certainly those, Andy Reid is, but he's got a ton of experience. Yeah, but I'm not even sure Andy Reid calls every play. Yeah, I mean, I, you have to trust your hires. You hire these people; right. they work for you. And yes. the funny you thing to, is, Bill Belichick trust? hasn't called the plays. There's been stretches of time in New England where he's yeah. not calling the offensive plays. No, and he's had a no myriad, defense. He's a, you know, well, defense right. is his thing. Yeah, and I I would want Bill Belichick calling my my defensive mm-hmm. plays. That's what I said. I don't think anybody's looking at at uh, Stefanski and would ever say if he gave it up. Why isn't this genius not calling plays anymore? We yeah, needed right, more of right. that. I, I think you know, hand it off, see how it goes. Don't let this run you out of town like it did Marty Schottenheimer. No, right. The problem. You, know, the you problem. can be a great head coach, but I'm not sure you can be a great head coach and a great offensive coordinator and play yeah. caller at the same time. Real quick, but, real quick, yeah. just as, it, it's uncomfortable for him to let go of the lease. Well, Some grow of these up. young coaches. Grow up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Get over right. yourself. Uh, Leroy Horde, um, welcome to the program. <laughs> you know, uh, grow up. Where are you? <laughs> uh, coming up on 48 hours after the debacle. How, how you doing? Um. Uh, uh, real quick on what you guys were talking about. Um, you have to understand that the reason why he got that job is because he's offensive coordinator. Sure. So but- there's there's a lot of there's a lot of and and understand the structure that goes how it goes from week to week. You may very well have an offensive coordinator during the week, but that offensive coordinator doesn't necessarily call the plays. You, you understand what I'm saying? And, yeah. and sometimes it has to do with the communication of the coach calling the play in to the quarterback. So just because he is calling the plays doesn't mean he's doing the brunt of the offensive work. Now, I will say this, that part of the problem with him having both jobs is this. And this is what I found on Sunday. If you didn't watch the game and you went and looked at (coughs) all the numbers and all the keys to what you would think a team has to win to win the game, the Browns did that. Mm -hmm. Every single aspect of it. From running the football, from third down efficiency, time of possession, all these things. But here's what happens. Sometimes you get a big lead and you give up a big play. And you're like, don't worry about it. That's okay. We still have a nice lead. Then you make a mistake. And then they score again. What Kevin Stefanski needs to be and what people need to be as leaders on that team is somebody that writes the ship. Somebody that gets everybody back into what they were doing to get that big lead. Because the issues that transpired to let the Jets back into that game (coughs) were a combination of a bunch of small mistakes that ended up being catastrophic. Right? Um, I watched this show called... uh, and I hate flying, but I fly a lot. And I hate it. But I watched a show called Mayday Air Disaster. <laughs> Probably and not a good why idea. Why would you watch flying? <laughs> Inflate movie. Because I'm because I am always curious <laughs> as to what crash. makes things go wrong. Right, right. Right? And sometimes with these planes, it's the maintenance guy rushing and forgetting to tighten a screw. And over a period of time, something falls off and causes the plane to drop. Something as simple as that. Right. And uh. so when I watched this game on Sunday, I just kind of got the feeling that it got to a point where nobody was doing the little things. Nobody was doing, you know, Brad, yeah. when you're down by 20, yeah. your coach would never tell you to go score more points. He would say, stop the other team. Yeah, lock them. 
Yep. They don't worry about the points. Mm-mm. You see what I'm saying? And so I think that they need a voice to focus them on the things when they go south that matter. This has been a consistent You see what I mean? Problem. Instead yeah, of Lee- trying to do everything, yeah. focus on small things that you've been doing well and get your guys to get after this area. And then it'll trickle to everything else being fixed. So you, you'd but be in they favor look of like they then. were trying to fix everything. But Leroy, this has been a consistent problem since Kevin Stefanski has been here. The Browns have had the best talent they've had in a long time under these three years. And yet, this has been a consistent issue. Even in games they've won, even mm-hmm. in a playoff game against they the Steelers little, that they, they get won. Close. They, yeah. they, they, they make you hold your breath at the end. It happens all the time. That's, you know, when it's happening all the time, if it happens <laughs> once or twice, okay, it's an anomaly. But when it's consistently happening, there's a, there's a core issue. You're talking about it, but they haven't been able to fix it. So how do they do it? Um, it, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a mindset because you don't realize when that stink get on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and I'll use basketball. When you miss three shots in a row, you don't know you're getting ready to go 0 for 20. It just kind of happens, and you look back and go, wow, I haven't made a shot in a while. And I think that sometimes when things start going wrong, instead of focusing on one aspect of it, the micro, you try to fix everything. Yeah. And, and and it makes it worse. It's like whack-a-mole. Right. Exactly. So, Whereas, so let, Leroy, do you that? You have to learn. They have to learn that the bigger issue is usually a result of a smaller one. And if you s- fix the smaller issue, it will then affect the rest of everything else that's going wrong. So should should he give up the play calling and and be that guy that is more macro and let the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator immerse themselves in the micro? Because you're right, um, I felt like the bus was going off the cliff and nobody was grabbing the wheel. Right, right. Here, here's what I would say about that. I don't necessarily know what their preparation is during the week. So... Sometimes calling plays is not, you know, you're not putting in all that work all week, but you have coaches meetings and you discuss what's going to be run under certain circumstances. So everybody pretty much has an idea just because he's calling the plays is not important. But here's what is important is that, if your team needs more TLC and needs to be focused on these areas that we talked about, right? And you need to periodically huddle everybody and get them pointing the right direction. Let's just do this. For example, when you're making a comeback, you know what they say? They don't say, let's go score on this drive. Let's get a first down. Sure. Let's get another first down. Baby steps. And it builds and you get you, you start going downhill. That's what the team needs. And if him calling plays takes away from that, then it becomes a problem. It's a problem. But who's calling the plays is not because here, when I was in Minnesota, Brian Billick was the offensive coordinator. Right? But periodically I definitely hear Denny push that offensive button and say, let's go, let's take a shot. Right. So it's he's, not like he's not going to have hands on. Oh, he's CEO. And it's it's basically just a, a, a voice calling the plays that everybody already knows that's coming. When you practice during the week and you practice certain situations, Everybody on the field has an idea of what's coming. So him calling the plays is not a big deal. But there are times during the course of a game where if you don't have a player, you need the coach to be that voice. 
Everybody settle down. We're good. Okay? Here's what we're going to do. Okay? We're going to put a little bit more pressure on them. Force Joe Flacco to make quicker decisions. Okay? We're going to uh, D-line. We need you to pick up the pace. We need you to pick it up a little bit. They did Okay? Nothing. Offensively. Offensively. Hey, we're going to continue to run the ball. We're having success. We're not going to put ourselves in a situation where we can go three and out. And you, 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 you send this message throughout your team, and then everybody refocuses. Right. And, and I think that when you watch the game and you watch things going south, you know every NFL team is going to put forth that final charge. Everybody. That's football. You're going to go no huddle. You're going to open it up. You're going to have your quarterback slinging it all over the place because you got a two-touchdown lead. You ain't playing as aggressive. You don't want to give up the big play. But you're still going to need that voice, that somebody to come in and either, one, calm everybody down because I bet you there was when, when uh, that 70-yard touchdown came – I bet you everybody on the field was pissed off too. So this, Leroy, this is where so, I'm gonna jump. This is where I'm gonna jump in because uh, uh, you're making great points. I think we said that yesterday. Let me ask you a question. You in Michigan? I'm assuming it was yes. both Jim Beckler, right? When things got south, he was the one saying, uh, yeah. "This is the deal," right? If I'm in Columbus, yeah. it, it is Urban Meyer, it is Trestle, it is those guys that say Woody Hayes. It, this is the deal. Yeah. So when when we mm -hmm. got down the stretch yesterday, and this thing, because 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 mm -hmm. once we missed the once we missed the field goal, I mean it was the extra point. The door to the window. I mean, the window opened up, and everybody in the building started feeling like, "Uh-oh, here comes the mess." Uh oh, here we go. Right. So yeah. we have been there before. My thing is, I want you to tell me because the, the one thing that's ex unexcusable to me is the clock management down the stretch because you could have basically run the clock out here. Now, who was supposed to tell him what was going on? Because it was very clear that nobody out there knew the time and clock. Situation. It was clear. Not Jacoby. Guess what? Not Stefanski. Brett. Nobody. Right. Let, let me tell you, Brad. Everybody, at some point in their life, have to eat some humble pie. Right. We got all these offensive gurus in the NFL, and they always want to be smarter, the smartest guy on on the field. Right? You think we're going to do this? Well, we're going to do this. Right? We're going to change it up. But there comes a point in time in football where everything has been decided for you and determined for you as far as how you close out the game. You know, we had this thing, and you hear it on TV all the time, four-minute offense, four-minute offense, close out the game, two first downs. You ain't getting it throwing. We run four-minute offense. We running it. If we don't get it, it's going to be the two-minute warning. The only thing you can do to make matters worse is on first or second down, throw one of those little short passes that is incomplete. Stop the clock. I don't care if you throw a bomb. If you go over the top, I would be happier that you took a shot because everybody was up near the line of scrimmage. But they always, they all do this. All these offensive gurus, at the end of a game, they try to throw a safe damn pass, and it ends up being incomplete. So not only did you, didn't you complete the two-yard pass, but the clock is stopped. Eat some humble pie. You know how football is played. You know what needs to happen in these moments. Don't get caught up in how you want to look. Just do what is necessary to win. And, and I think at the end of that game, and, and let's keep in mind, here's the other thing that really, really gets me. You ain't got bums running the football. Mm -mm. Okay? You ain't got bums running the football. You got two of the best backs in the NFL. They are your two best 
offensive players. If I'm going out, I'm going out with my Michael Jordan and my my uh and my Kobe. I ain't going out with another dude. And that's just how it has to be. You have to be aware of your circumstances. And it's too many times during a football game. It happened in the New England game. I mean, not in New England, but in um, the first game. Carolina. Carolina. Right? Because guess what? At the end of that game, we were all looking at that TV like, oh, no, Baker's going to do it. Because you opened up a window. You tried to be too cute. Mm -hmm. If I'm going out, if I'm a Cleveland Brown and I'm going out, I'm going out with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. End of discussion. And the fact that that didn't happen, win or lose, those dudes have proven that they're probably the most dependable guys making something happen in those situations than anybody you got on the field. Hey, Leroy. So I don't care if you put them both in the backfield, yeah. you do something crazy, you spice it up a little bit, but guess who's going to end up with the football? Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. End of the story. And that's got to be the case again this week. Let's look ahead to Steeler week. Thursday night football, short week here. The game's two days away. Um, do you think, like, when, I, I, I'm sure when you played it was, but, like, obviously for the most part, the Steelers have kicked the Browns' ass in, in, for the last, you know, since they've been back in 99. Right. Oh, I mean, oh no! It, it was true when I was there too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. 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 But so, is there extra hatred or whatever you want to call it, anger, being fired up when you play the Steelers, or is it truly just one game? Doesn't matter if it's what team it is. Oh no! What are you talking about? Of course it matters. <laughs> what do you mean? What I'm talking about? It's the Steelers. There's players who try to down. I don't think that's the case. There's players who try to downplay it but all the time. They ain't gonna tell you. They ain't gonna tell you. So you're saying they're full of crap? Like, even, like even, even when I played against them, I was like, oh yeah, they're a good football team. Yeah. They're, they're the benchmark of this division. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say to you. What are you saying in the locker room? What do you say in the locker room? We got to get this. I'm tired of this. Yeah. So, but, but here's guys. the deal. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the deal. The way Cleveland plays football isn't going to change. The better the team, the better you need to be at it. As simple as that. That's not going to change. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is when you get to those crunch moments in the game, and I'm going to just be honest with you, Okay, here's how it works in football. Just like it works in any other sport, right? If you're in the ninth inning and you get ready to win a World Series, who you want on the mound? Best. Mario uh, Rivera, correct? Yeah. Yes. If, if you playing basketball and you got need one shot or one bucket, who you want? Jordan. LeBron, you want LeBron, Kobe, and Jordan. I take Steve okay. Kerr, but okay. <laughs> if we getting if we get into the end of the game and we need four minute offense, who do I want with the ball in their hands? Chilling. Jacoby Brissett, Nick Chubb, or Kareem Hunt? Yeah, period. Pretty obvious. It doesn't change. Mm, yeah. Don't outsmart like like Brad. How many times you see coaches outsmart themselves? Oh my God! <laughs> it, <laughs> is, it is the <laughs> single-handed most nerve wracking <laughs> thing, especially if you're on the team. So, I don't know if Kevin Stefanski needs to trust somebody to make the calls and he needs to be an overall, mm -hmm. you know, oversee everything because then he can have his hands on everything to some extent. Yep. Because I've also heard Denny go into that mic and say, hey, let's get some more pressure on this guy. He's sitting back there drinking coffee. I've heard that. That's what the head coach does. That's what he does. The, the head coach mm -hmm. has an overall That's it. vision yes, it is. of what is going on. <laughs> yep. He gets a feel for what's going on, and then he gets his troops, his men, going in the right direction. Now, it doesn't mean he can't do that 
as an offensive coordinator. But here's what's different. When Andy Reid, Andy Reid doesn't call plays anymore. It's the enemy. But when he used to call plays, the quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator or the enemy would always be talking to Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. He wasn't going to talk to the offensive team. He was still doing his head coaching duties. You, you see what I mean? That's interesting. So I think one of the things that Kevin Stefanski needs to learn, and it's hard. It is hard to give up something. Here's the hardest thing in the world to do in life. Your future and your current profession depending on somebody else. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Think about that. I got to trust let, you. Let's not make it sound like <laughs> it's so easy when the reason, like you see some of the circumstances that got him that job. So he has to, at some point, read the room, get an idea of where he's needed the most, trust the other people, trust people. that he hired and kind of, it's going to make the game plan better. You know why? Because they're going to talk about it over and over again about different situations, circumstances, because Kevin Stefanski will make sure that everybody's on the same page he's on. If he's going to relinquish that power, you're going to talk and you're going to think like him. Mm-hmm. Leroy, here's but the important at question. at some point, he's got to do it. Leroy, here's the important question. What did you think about the dopey fake dogs they had we just saw it in the video as the guys are running out. Did you guys see that during yeah, the game? I didn't like it. Yeah. Did you see it, Leroy? Uh, if you take that shot of Brissett uh, getting ready to come on the field again, we get that shot again, of Brissett Leroy again, guys, that we just played? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah we got to fast forward. Give us one sec. Not All nearly right. as unforgivable being at the game as the, the elf animations that were on the scoreboard where they tried to have a fierce-looking elf like come out uh, after uh, they bad. spiked the ball, and he had like a scowl on. And I'm not an elf hater. I'm really not. I don't care. But making it come out as a little cartoon and, like, celebrate was just beyond the pale, and I didn't care for that. It was bad. Uh, Leroy, Man, you guys, well, can we get some real dogs? You know can, what? can we get some Rottweilers running? I don't know. What is this? Oh, no. That See, is horrible. Yeah. Leroy, kinda if you were looks ready, like ready to come out of the locker room and you saw that fake dog, what would you do? Would you he be said, angry? He kind of looks like Jacoby. <laughs> oh, my God. I can be. I, I can tell you what. Um, hey, I want the I want the Browns to be good enough where we don't need props. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I don't care about right? the props, like, Leroy. Ideally, yep. Who, I ask you a question? <laughs> who the hell are you entertaining? Right. By putting a cartoon gnome. On the screen or a fake dog. I just Who are you entertaining? Leroy, I just want you to be smash mouth, smash somebody in the mouth. Right. That's all I want. Right. Yeah, you know what? If you want, then walk out some real dogs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm walk saying. Walk out some real dogs. Well, they they usually have them. It, well, they did that. Yeah, with, but they have little wimpy dogs. Had, we need like a had, Rottweiler. They had we need swagger. a pit bull. Let's it get them out there, killing people. Swagger was well, a, no. Swagger has since passed on. So yeah, but that dog. We made too. that dog watch some of the worst football ever, and then it yeah. and then it died. Swagger it was, was like, like a turtle you. for crying out loud. It barely moved. Now Swagger's son is there being punished, or it's like a little Swagger. Looks like he's kind of a badass dog. I'm not a big yeah. I'm not a big props guy. You know what I mean? I just think, you know. Who would have guessed that, Leroy? Yeah. I would have guessed you were a big prop guy. <laughs> well, we're one yeah, of the only teams that doesn't have this. cheerleaders. Let's, let's get some cheerleaders, you know Leroy, for crying out loud. Can, can I say this? You say it. Here's what kills me about where we are in the world today. Because, and I'm going to put this word on it, and I'm going to call it corporate. Okay. Right? And corporate sits in a room. Think of the thing without asking anybody involved. <laughs> oh yeah, and determine what the people will like. <laughs> well and said, Leroy. So many times I've gone into a business establishment, and they've said corporate thinks it would be best. I'm like, 
I'm that person and it sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're Levi, 100% sure. I say it Levi all the time. Told the story about handing out the white flags. That's right. Steelers oh, God. The Browns were going to hand that. Yes. And DeQuel went to, went to Jimmy and Dean and said, this is the dumbest so idea I've stupid. ever heard. Why are you going to give why up? You, why are you white flags? They were going to give out white flags. I remember they that. They printed <laughs> them all up and they were ready to go. It was in the program that they were going to hand them out. They wanted, you know, it was a play on the Steelers' yellow towels. So they gave everybody white White means you surrender. <laughs> yes. And, and well, to Jimmy and D's credit, once it was brought to their attention by DeQuell, they were like, well, you know, that is kind of a dumb idea. Universal. <laughs> universal signal for surrender across the world. Flag. And instead, what they did, you know, it was a great idea. Instead, what they did was give them to all the truckers they ripped off. Oh. The reason, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. By the way, I say this all the time, Leroy, when it comes to sports, when it comes to media, whenever the suits get involved, things go to hell. Suits ruin everything. It, because, because guess what? There is no interaction with the people they think they know what's best for. That's right. We're losing our minds so here. We're losing it over his trucker comment. Yeah. <laughs> they had a pilot flying J new kiosk at the stadium, just so you know, where you can actually get like, like as if you, you know how you want the convenience of eating gas station food. Right. But more expensive in a yeah, stadium setting. Don't clean yeah. the bathrooms. And, you know. But I was really Dude. looking, I was looking at it and I'm just like, man, I'll bet, I hope nobody's trying to get any like coupons out of that place no. or anything like that. No. So that's another, I don't, allegedly. Let is me there really a flying can, J in there? Can there I is just a pilot flying J. Pilot flying J. Come on there. Rest hey, up, I lived in Tennessee. They called it just Flying J back in uh, Tennessee. Called a Flying J. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Has anybody ever Tennessee? eaten gas yeah. station food earlier than two o'clock in the morning <laughs> after being out? Yeah, no. There's, I mean, does does a pig's, count? Is a pig's ass pork there, Leroy? I mean, what's going on? Here? <laughs> Read the room. <laughs> Read the room. No, actually, Read the room. In, in all honesty, obviously, I love to eat, but I don't eat gas station food. Uh, no, we, we, have to, we have to no. go to what the internet is saying, but before we let you go, Leroy, I have one question back on the football thing. You mentioned sure. that there was, you know, that Stefanski wasn't grabbing the wheel and keeping this thing from going off the cliff. We, we don't know. We haven't been in that huddle. We haven't been in an NFL right. locker room in that setting. I also think, because I've seen it with my own eyes, that Oftentimes, that voice doesn't always have to be the coach. If you were with the Ravens, yeah. Ray Lewis doesn't let that bus get to the curb. Where is the right. leadership on this team? I'm waiting for someone to step up on offense. I'm right. waiting for someone to step up on defense and be that rah-rah guy. And I just don't see it. Is that a bigger problem? When, when, I say, when I say Kevin Stefanski, I'm merely saying that because of the conversation. Okay. But it could be anybody. Right. Right. Like it, it, it has to be somebody who is respected in the locker room. Credibility. And and somebody that you know means business. Yeah. You, you see what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and so from that standpoint, it doesn't necessarily necessarily have to be Kevin Stefanski. But I will well, say this. Who do you think it would be, Leroy? Who do you think? It's got to be Miles Garrett. It should be Miles uh, Garrett, but he's not leading um, that way. Not I don't see. See, and, and you got to be careful. Yeah. Doing the offense defense thing. Yeah. Right. Because it, like it has to be somebody that's respected with everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. But you have, if that was the case, you just have one or two um, captains. But if you notice, they do a couple on defense, a couple on offense. So I don't know if it needs to be one of those guys. I don't know who it needs to be. It needs to be but somebody. It just seemed like there's been a couple of moments in the last two weeks where a regroup was necessary. Right. Yes. Yep. Yes. Where 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 everybody needs to calm down. Let's do what we do and get out of dodge. Right? Yep. And it almost seemed like it just it, it, it that situation just kept getting progressively worse. To, to where now you weren't getting any pressure on the quarterback. You got Joe Flacco throwing it all over the place. You got receivers running wide-ass open. You can't get a first down on offense because you're trying to be too cute. Add all that together, and it's a comeback. And yeah, you don't right. – somebody and, – and this is all, this is what I'm saying by this. Somebody has to acknowledge and understand what is going on and do something to stop it, either by 
past experiences, either by somebody who has the ear of everybody, but there's got to be somebody in the organization when you see bad play after bad play after bad play after misstep after this. You see, because because guess what? I'll give you a perfect example. If we were in a four-minute offense and Bill Belichick sent in one of those little short passes, Bernie would have said, oh, no. <laughs> Leroy, let's go. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's um, why he got released. Now, they bumped, they bumped here. They bumped heads a lot. Yeah. But it's not, they didn't bump heads because neither guy wanted to lose or either guy wanted to see the other guy fail. They bumped heads because Bernie could evaluate a situation and do what it took to win that play, that series, that game. Amen. And Bill was a structural guy. He felt that the more people he had going in the right direction, eventually it would work out. Hmm. And, and it's proven. You yep. look at you look at New England right now. Everybody says the same right thing. Everybody does the same thing on the football field. It's very structured. And that's why they bumped heads. It had sure. nothing to do with personalities. It had nothing to do with did they like each other. No, it just had to do with Bernie could go onto a football field evaluate what was going on, tweak a play in the huddle on the third baseline, because that's where we were on that damn baseball field, <laughs> right? And it would work. And we would watch film and go over the script as far as what play was called, and it was never the play that was called. <laughs> so we spent half our time on Mondays, usually after a win, explaining what was really going on. That drove Bill crazy. Great stuff, Leroy. Yeah, Leroy, awesome, man. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the game right. Thursday. Hopefully, we're talking yep. about a Browns victory uh, mm. when we next talk. Thanks, Leroy. All right, yep. Leroy. All right, guys. Have a good uh, one.